Trill Talk Radio family, what's up? On today's episode, we catch up with TLP Media Works. This is a design video and music house that's out of Denton, Texas, and it's ran by the creative mind of Todd Little. We're going to get into some music first, a nice music video, and then we're going to have our conversation. So pay attention, man. Denton, Texas, what's up? You got some creative folks out there. Much love to Todd Little and the work that he did for us on the flyer for the Old Town Remix. That shit was dope. Thank you, homie. I was like throwing like weight. Mm-hmm. Hanging out with well, my man the- Todd Little. What's the name of this song? Uh, Stained Glass and Calligraphy. Like Stained Glass and Calligraphy. What's your boy's name? Ghost Memories. Ghost Memories. Well, it's right there. Stained Glass and I guess if I would have waited, I would have saw that. Yeah. <laughs> Man, Todd, you have some skills, bro. Like, I didn't even know you shot video. So you're a filmmaker, film editor, graphic uh, designer. Graphic designer and producer. Every damn thing creative. I'm sure. Yeah, I don't know. What, I was. Uh, I don't know. Like, what a non-convoluted way to explain. Like, should I just say I'm an artist? But that sounds a little kind of pretentious. But I mean, I like doing a lot of creative things. Right, you're I mean, more than one no, thing. Yeah, there's which no, you should be. Yeah, there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to mix creativity and commerce in every possible fashion. Like, it's a lot of fun. Like, I feel like this is where... So I'm always on the internet talking about the internet is uh, making things transparent. Everyone's going to be their own media company. Everyone's going to be their own version of CNN and Fox. And you're doing that because you have... We're doing everything that mainstream media is doing, and now it is self-contained and it's practical for us to do it. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's no... You know, if you know your tools... I don't think there's any reason why you shouldn't be able to look as good as a company like Nike or Adidas or something. But I think it's about taking those kind of risks. A lot of what they have is just the exposure based on billboards and advertisements online and spending that kind of money. But I think if you put it out a good product, then... Right, so for me, it's more about taking You kind of always edit this, right? I feel yeah. like I'm on and I'm not... No, you're good, bro. You <laughs> like, are good, wanna, homie. And that, but people want to—they want to hear that shit. They want to hear us fuck up and be regular and natural. Um, I, I think it's fun to do. I think it's fun to see what you know, big, you know, multi-million-dollar companies do. And it's kind of you know, there's also people at the bottom that are doing really avant-garde, underground shit that they're pulling from. You know what I mean? So it's kind of. If you're not in the know, they seem like they're on the forefront. But if you're in the know, you know they're late to the game. Mm-hmm. And they're spending major dollars to do it. And I think that's the difference from the small guy and the big guy. Whereas, like that risk you were saying, right. 500 bucks may be a risk. It is a risk for someone that doesn't have it. But for right. like a major corporation, that's that's small pebbles because they're yeah. playing with millions right. on marketing and design and creative 
each department, they have departments and, and they can afford that type of money. Why it might be, a, it's still a risk because it's money, but it doesn't affect them because they got another 500, another thousand, another well, They're not gonna work as hard for that $500 as somebody who like that fucking means a lot to you. If that's my last $500 and I'm betting it to win, I wanna make sure that fucking happens. They aren't, I don't care, they can lose. Five hundred thousand dollars on a, on a shoot, but for some reason they could go through the whole production, produce the video, the commercial, whatever. And for some reason they can't release it. There's been tons of shit buried like that. It happens in music too. Diplo did a he, you know, I I look up to what he does. I mean, he started a record label. He travels the world. He's a DJ. He's like a self-taught producer, and he did this talk at uh, Cambridge Union. And he was talking about this song he did with Post Malone, where they basically like produced it, and then they had a whole like full, you know. I mean, now music videos don't cost as much as they used to, um, but you know, a full video and it was edited to completion. And Post Malone wanted it on his album, but then the record company was like, I guess, said no for some reason, mm -hmm. and so. By the time that happened, it was too late to put it out for some reason, is what he said. And then basically nobody's ever gonna see it. There's this whole song between Diplo and Post Malone. They did a whole music video, it's done, it's in the can, nobody's ever gonna see it. And they can't release it on their own because they could get a breach of contract or something if they wanted well, to. There's probably some, you know, there's probably some stuff in there, yeah, like that. It's probably for a multitude of reasons. I mean, once you get to that level, I think it probably a lot more complicated mm -hmm. so how do you know. feel about that like the whole being independent versus trying to find a way with some bigger company or corporation I I love the grind uh, I mean you know I think you need to if you're gonna lead your own movement I think you need to be at the front you know pulling shit along instead of in the back pushing it being like, oh, I want my album cover to be like this. It's like, well, if you're independent, you're probably going to find that photographer that you like, and you're probably going to go work with them and, and, and spend that hard-earned $500 on a photo shoot. That's real. I mean, because, I mean, if you were with a record label, and they, like, you have a $5,000 budget, you pay a photographer $500, you could be like, oh, I don't like it. Get rid of it. And nobody's ever burning money, just pretty much. But sometimes, I mean, I think once you jump up to like the upper echelons, mm -hmm. then you feel that pressure to produce something as good as the last thing. I got you. Right? You want to get that So you have to do it better. So you're more likely to throw shit away. You're more likely to be like, let's try something else. We'll see. We'll look back on this. This is a big deal. So, I don't know. It's going to be tough. Is I said like even with like the level that I'm at, building, starting, ground foundation. Um, sometimes you have to accept things, you know what I mean? Because like you said, you don't have. Well, let's take another look at another option. There is no second opinion. If or you take that five hundred, like say we're just saying. Uh, uh, well, like you're not going to yeah. pay two different graphic designers. Like, would you rather give one graphic designer five hundred dollars to do? The logo for the festival, or would you rather give it to two for two fifty 
and see what happens. Hmm. There's an option there. There's always an option. There's always like another option, right? Right. You're like, this guy wants 500. Well, I don't know. Let's maybe go with some of They might hit it. But it's like, I don't know. This guy always hits it. It's a little steep, but he's going to hit it. You know what you're going to get. Right? You know, these other people, I don't know. I mean, they're batting like 500, you know, but this guy's batting like 900 individually. So it's like, maybe we might, you know, that could, the same could be said about directors, producers, writers. You know what I mean? Like, you have to look at what they've done. Because that's the only, the only thing you have to go on. Dude, and, and that's so true. I can't tell you how many times I've had people like, oh, man, I do this. I do that. Like, can I see your portfolio? Just let the work speak for itself. Don't let other people talk it up. Because when they do that, I mean, that's nice. It's, it's nice when somebody is like, this person, you know, when somebody's like, Brandon, you're so good at this. You know what I mean? Or this is my friend Brandon. He's, he's the man. You know what I mean? That's so much more powerful than being like, I'm the man. People are going to be like, get the fuck out of here. Right, right. right. Let someone else vouch for what you're doing instead of just going around, I, I, I. Right, but also the work should vouch for itself. You know what I mean? Exactly. And that's where you should get your, like, position yourself to, because I feel like probably in the last year, my work is kind of, I've organized it and I've put it together and I shared enough that I think that anybody, you know, who would recommend me to somebody, it's like I have those things in place. You know what I mean? Because you have a website. We got a website. Here's a website. Right here. You know what I mean? I you want to see some work? Right there on the front page. You know what I mean? I spoke your name in yeah. another print house. I was uh, uh, in a meeting talking to another print company. Yeah. And, and I dropped your name. I was like, yeah, yeah, I know, I know Todd Little, Todd yeah. Little Productions. And they're like, oh, okay. Because they knew Todd. You yeah. know what I mean? So uh, Where was this? Crocky Dog. Really? Mm-hmm. Huh. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's good. <laughs> I was, I mean... I was honest, you know, I was, I was being honest, like, this dude is dope, you know? And, it's, you know, yeah. it's humbling to see shit around town where, you know, you see your work kind of hanging. And unless you tell somebody, they don't know. They have no idea. But, I mean, you know, that's... There's gotta be... There's always something bigger to work on. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I saw the guy... Uh, his name was Dan Black... And he did the mural on the side of Andy's. This is, I've always, I, I mean, I mean, these paintings right here, the stencils, I've been an artist my whole life. But I've never painted anything. I'm like, I want to start painting big pictures. And I walk up there, and I see him, and he's painting something that's like 70 feet across by 50 feet high. And I'm like, there's no bigger canvas than that. And so I ended up talking to him. I was like, how did you get into this? And he was like, well, it was a painting, and then I did bigger paintings, and then people were like, what about this wall? You know, and then he, like, figured it out, but it's like, that's fucking amazing. That's that, is, that is in the, you know, public purview, 24 hours a day. It is the biggest canvas you can get. It's probably not going anywhere for 20 years. What, I mean, as far as, like, a visual artist, what's the best thing you could hope for? I think that would be it. Not in some fucking, you know, dusty museum. Put me on the side of a building <laughs> where people are walking by all the time. Right. I'm prime example. I think that's like I, the the, you know, and I think that trajectory for him was or any visual artist is, you know, I think 
or any creative person is to think like what's you know what's the next big thing to do it's gonna be fucking difficult but <laughs> but you got a dream it's like nobody yeah. does it you know what I mean yeah. it's hard my proposition you're talking about that painting on the wall one thing I see all the time is the Oaktopia logo on that building on um, so I, not, I designed that you did that yeah so boom every day I'm like I would love to see more city right yeah. there you know what I mean cause like you why know, not exactly you yeah. know what I mean that's like that is branding and marketing for Oaktopia and it's not in Denton right now I you know was, what I mean and I've always been a firm believer in like you know taking whatever design I do and trying to like bring it into the real world right so there's a lot of stuff I make that gets shared on social media uh, but my biggest thing is like to try to get it on print flyers handbills you know something where it's like you're out in the real world and that's where that design is living it's not something that's going to be if this hard drive dies blah 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 you know it could be gone forever the internet decides to shut down tomorrow. We have the apocalypse. You know what I mean? At least in the apocalypse, there might be some of my flyers floating around and some of my t-shirts, right? That's real. I like that. Because that's like art interacting with the real world. I think that's what's, what makes... That's what I try to, like, try to make good shit is because I want people to see stuff and kind of enjoy it. You know what I mean? Or be like, ooh, that needs like, to be on ah, the t-shirt. That's cool. I like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because that kind of makes your day. Kind of like Dan Black's huge mural, kind of driving up, and you're just under this monstrosity, man. It like it gives you like an emotional reaction. It's kind of beautiful, but that's hard to accomplish. There's only so many people. There's only so many walls, right? You're a flyer for the uh, Old Town remix, dude. That is so dope, and I've gotten a lot of feedback on that flyer and a lot of it's just been conversation I've heard people describe it in so many different ways and one person described it in a way that I never even thought about he was like um, it reminds me of the 80s and like how people did their branding in the 80s and it's dope it just looks like when branding was branding from the 80s and I never thought of that and I'm like damn doesn't have that retro nostalgia feel I was like let me look at it different because I didn't. I didn't yeah. see it that way at first. It just. It looked. I was so caught up in the stars and the galaxy and having it. Like it really feels like a weekend EDM event that's happening. Like it's going to be a was, cool party. I mean, if you know, I would like to sit down and you know document me working on a poster because there's probably at least. 200 to 250 decisions that get made, right? Do I want this over here? No, I'm going to move it back, right? That's one decision. Do I want to make this red? No, that should probably make it yellow. No, that's another one. You know what I mean? They start adding up. When you start to look at those things and how they all come together, well, I think, you know, the reason why anything is retro is because it still sticks around, because it's good, right? Retro is good. Or even if it's bad, it's like bad in a good way. You know what I mean? <laughs> you remember this. I was in like, we need to remember this so we don't do this again. You know what I mean? And so that's kind of how I would approach uh, designing most things is kind of look at what's been done. You know, like I was talking about art history. Like, there's not so much theory in art than there is to be like just calling other artists out about that's already been done. 
You know what I mean? Because, I mean, that's, you know, it's what they would say in our community. It's all been done. But like it's music. A, it's, it, yeah, <laughs> music, you know, music is just like visual art. In that sense that it's all been done, but I don't We're know, maybe none of it's, past, you know what I mean? Of. Yeah, you're building on the past, and it's all about, like, it's like language. It's like evolving. Language, yes, It's yes. evolving, and there's, people have new takes on it, and sometimes they stick, sometimes they don't. You know, I think it's kind of like that. It so, is. It's a way to communicate. Music is a way to communicate. Art is a way to communicate. It says something without you having to say something. You can look, everyone can look at the same picture and come up with totally different thoughts, ideas, moods. Right. It can take them someplace. They can feel a certain way. It can take them to this happy time. It can take them to a sad time. It might make them remember about a certain moment, and it's unique for each person. Right, you know exactly. Mean? Yeah, kind of like by you know, on that flyer it was kind of this this retro theme. It's, people can pull a lot from that. It's kind of like cheating design wise. You know what I mean? Or hacking. <laughs> yeah, I mean if you use a certain font that was used on a you know Dr Pepper shirt, like a Cooper Black, people are gonna you know they're gonna recall that. It's going to be like, I remember Dr. Peppers, Dr. Peppers, I had them when I was a kid, they make me feel warm and fuzzy inside, like, and then you're kind of playing to that, you know what I mean? I'm not sure visual art does that as much, music does it fucking, I mean, music and design are the worst at pandering to people, because they always think like, this is, this is what you want, you want some sprinkler head hi-hats, okay, cool, you want some, like, icons, just vectored, simple shapes, flat design, here you go. You know, and then everything starts to become that. But then it shifts. Because nobody, when it comes to like artistic movements, nobody knows they're over when they're over. They only know like, it was like before the internet, uh, when a show would get canceled. You'd think six months later, you're like, did Rocco's Modern Life get canceled? Right. You know, nobody told you and so that's kind of like how artistic movements go. Except for now with the internet, everything's faster. You know what I mean? It's like seasonal. But back in the day, it used to be like, well, okay, I guess this is the end of the Renaissance. Nobody ever said that. It was probably like 30, 40 years over. And they're like, I guess that's probably about right here in the sand. That period, that's, that period right there. That's probably where it ended. And then they started getting weird with it. You know what I mean? And it, you know what, that getting weird with it, it's kind of like in music, like the biggest um, correlation, like you look at dubstep, and yep. now the big thing is rhythm. No, like everyone dubstep rhythm. is whack. Get Boom. out of here with that. Why? Why? Is, I mean, I, I just, you know, I always appreciated it, but I was, I was like, I'm never going to, I mean, there's a difference between me appreciating music and then what I'm going to fucking bump. In my car, seven, or what I'm gonna eight. play in my apartment while I'm here. You know what I mean? I play a lot of old shit, man. I like very downplayed kind of conservative stuff, like Henry Mancini and like big band stuff. You know what I mean? Or 1960s funk. Mm -hmm. It's all old shit. I'm. It, I. I think it just. I kind of gave up on keeping up with new stuff because it's constantly shifting, and a lot of the new stuff is. I see like very little craft in it. 
And so I don't really respect it. It's like people threw shit together. You know what I mean? They saw a formula, they threw shit together, and it's no art to it's it. A, you know it's I mean? marketing. Music is marketing now. That's what it is. Fucking popularity contest, man. It's, it's marketing. It's marketing. Yeah, it's marketing. marketing. It's whoever can market themselves the best is going to be the best. Because most people aren't looking at, you know, and then there are people who understand the craft, and then they think, well, okay, well, this guy's subverting the idea. You know, it was like what they called Lil B, right? He was post-gangster rap deconstructivism, right? Which, it sounds like a fucking art history Say term. that again, please. <laughs> post, post gangs, because he's from, what, L.A.? He's from the West Coast, right? Uh, Lil B, the bass guy? Yeah. I don't know why I thought he was from Chicago. Is he from L.A.? No, he's okay. like West, he's West, West Coast, Coast, man. Okay. I think he went okay. to UCLA, like got a degree in women's studies. Really? I <laughs> swear, yeah. Like some weird shit where you're like, oh, okay, word. And so post-gangster rap deconstructivism. So there was a whole, you know, West Coast rap thing. And it was basically like that had ended because I guess culturally we had decided that this violence is ridiculous and this east coast west coast thing just yeah, kind of died out because all yeah. the main characters kind of got out of the picture a little bit or mellowed out you know what i mean and so it was like post that he grew up with that stuff and then it was basically those ideas but like let's deconstruct them and take them apart and then put it back together that's why a lot of his shit is very like nonsensical it's not like a clear idea he tried to reverse engineer it Basically. Well, he was just trying to say, I'm going to take the elements from that and then put it in the same format, and it's still going to have a similar response. You know what I draw from, like, it's 90s? Kind of, well, it's kind of like yeah. taking a sentence, taking all the words, jumbling them up, but then you still understand what it means, but it makes no sense. <laughs> but that, you know, that's that post... I say the the two thousand when shit changed to bling bling, like that's when hip hop changed for me. Like for me, yeah, like but that was the South, man. That was like when the South was coming to age. It, it was, but before that, for me, it was in the nineties because the South was about the hustle. When it was like Master P showed me a hustle like none other. Like you may not, you, you can say he may not have been the best rapper, but even going back to art in that nostalgia period. I think, I mean, it was just, dude, he was a fucking hustler. He was putting out so many fucking albums, and that artwork was, was like, different. It changed the game. That right. changed the game. And new. it was a very, it was, it was very much its own. You know, with the fucking lettering, with the, like, the diamonds and the gold, and, like, they all kind of look the same. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like, Silk the Shockers album cover. That like, style. Whatever the latest masterpiece. You know what I mean? Like, um... Like Lil Romeo, like all that shit, man. But like they had Photoshop a, just he, started or something. But you had to like admire the hustle because he was like banging that shit out like a fucking factory. It, it was insane. And you were like, and, and like we may not know the specifics, but you felt like they had an army of artists because it was so many people at so many times. Right. And Mia X. Fiend, C Murder, you know what I'm saying? Kane and Abel. Yeah. Uh, all of these dudes that was on No Limit. All those, you know? not the superstars, but all those ancillary artists. It's like a fucking wrestling match. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, there's all, like, there's the main people you're there for, but then you're like, oh, also kind of like, yeah, C Murder. They got that one song. Still, yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. like, there would be <laughs> one song you would like out of the 20, but if we put out 10 albums in one day, yeah. 
you gonna like ten albums because it's one song. Did I do that? Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, Jesus. No Limit Soldier, I'm about it. Like, then it was uh, fucking Cash Money. Uh, And then, I mean, Atlanta. See, what's going on with Atlanta right now? Would you think that Atlanta is still in its heyday or do you think it's on its way out? I think it's transition. I think hip hop has changed. Like, it is. This Atlanta is not the same as Outkast Goody Mob Atlanta. It's not the same. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's not the same at all. But this is like Atlanta with money. Because, but I mean, Atlanta's gotten a lot of like. Yeah, it's got money. In our lifetimes, Atlanta's probably changed. changed quite a bit. Yeah. Because now there's a lot of you know commercial shit going on. There's a lot of fucking TV going on there. It's like the new Hollywood. It's like people are f- shooting movies there. Um, fucking, you know, I mean, the Migos are fucking. They're like top notch, upper echelon, pre A list. You know what I mean? Like these guys have so much fucking money. You know what I see, Todd? I like for me. I so my thing is the how. Like, how does this happen? And even in music, it's like, how does this happen? How does surrounding yourself with the right team, man? Exactly. That's all it is. How does Insomniac become Insomniac? But I think there's got to be money involved. Yeah, there does. There has to be money. And I think, like, say someone like Pasquale uh, or Disco Donnie. Yeah. I believe that they have their relationships built first. The, you have to have a person that has relationships, and then you have to have a person with money. I think sometimes it might come down to your best friend, Dave, who you take on early on in the game, and you go, hey, Dave, do you think you could be my manager? And he's kind of like, okay, like, he rises to the occasion, and ultimately, once you become upper echelon, he works his way through that as well, and he turns into be one of those fucking power players. As like a manager, but other than that, man, you're gonna have like a rocky road of like dumping people that you think you should be loyal to, but that are bringing you down. You know what I mean? Like and that's people you think game. that you know have your best interest at heart, but they really don't. You know what I mean? And I'm sure that's fucking tough to deal with, but I, that's the kind of fucking mental fortitude you have to have to get to that point. Because I don't think I mean if you got twisted about that kind of shit, I don't think you'd make it that far. It's tough, man. I, I deal with that all the time, bro. Like, I would lie to you if I said I didn't. You know what I mean? Um, not so much as that it gets me down, but the fact that um, an artist told me, man, I'm tired of seeing people let you down. Because it's like, you know you'll give, give, and give, and try to make things happen. Because you want things to happen, so you're giving 100, but then you may have people around you that aren't giving 100. You're giving 120. That's they why you got pay people. Yeah. If I'm paying you and you're not doing your job, you're fired. And pretty much that's it. You know what that's I mean? That's it. It's, it's, it's got to be job. fucking business, I guess. You know what I mean? Sucks sometimes. There, I mean, there are some, you know, great occasions where you can do some of the best business with some of your best friends. And that's the shit I look for. I mean, that that is like the funnest stuff. Because I'm getting paid and I'm hanging out with my friends and I'm making good work. That's sometimes it. it's as simple as realizing or being aware that maybe the people you thought were your friends weren't really your friends and then yeah. you find new friends that actually are solid. I mean sometimes it could, I think it could be misconstrued as that but I think you have to think about where your goals align and if they do align and if they don't then I mean you can casually know somebody you can be a good friend to somebody you don't have to agree or work together but you know, if work is what you do all the time, then that probably helps to have people that have the same goals. 
that are good people mm-hmm. and that are your friend. That's real shit. I, I agree 100%, man. Uh, all about who you surround yourself with. And, like, the one thing that I, like, I think we have control over some things and some things we don't. Like, we have control over our attitude. We have control over how we work, uh, our work ethic, things like that. Sure. Um, I mean, I've been working on that. That's been a, my work ethic is a work in progress. I thought we all, you know. I didn't write that down the other day because I was like, I just thought that was, you know, how's your work ethic? Well, it's a work in progress. You know? <laughs> Please believe me. I'm working, I'm working on it, you know. Yeah. We ain't got all the answers. Nobody got all the answers. Like, you know, and it's kind of hard. And what we do is kind of, you have to, you know, I think a lot of what I do is I have to think creatively. And that's like a fucking, that's another muscle. You know what I mean? Sometimes it gets worn out, man. But sometimes you have to sit there and you have to think, well, can I power through this? Get this done when something isn't working. You know what I mean? When you're trying to look for a look of something and you're trying all these different fonts and colors. Like sometimes you power through it or you just, maybe the best choice would be to take a nap. <laughs> That's real, man. Like, That's rest real. that muscle. You know what I mean? I mean, how many hoops can you shoot before you're like, my arm is fucking tired? It's not going to make <laughs> you better at shooting hoops. You know what I mean? You're probably just going to fucking pull a muscle. Real shit. Right? Seriously. So, Seriously. I, creatively, I think you have to think like that. Sometimes you're going to be like, I've blown my brain out on fucking creative shit today. Maybe I just, now I just need to intake stuff. That's why I love watching movies. Uh, listening to strange and foreign music, you know what I mean? It's just it's it's incredible shit. It's all been done, but I have I have barely skimmed the surface. Wow. I think it's about you know just trying to fucking intake the culture, whatever it is. It's like a weird place we're at. You know what I mean? We were placed here. Here you go. People have two legs, they have two arms, they have a head. Remember that. And you're like, okay, that's a house, that's a tree. Okay, what's this? Oh, it's like 1960s Japanese funk. What? Oh, they're trying to emulate American bands, but in their own Japanese way. Let me hear more of this. You know what I mean? Like, that's something different, and that's something that you may not like, ever thought of. Yeah, this is like 80s Russian electropop. Please, yeah, like, let me hear that. This is cool and weird, you know what I mean? And that's crazy, because it's so interesting. Everything that we're doing here, there's people in other countries, other parts of the world with their own interpretation, like, hip-hop. I mean, it's, it's, you know, there's a lot of countries around the world that, like, where their biggest cultural intake as far as movies and music are, it's the U.S., like, b- both of my parents are from New Zealand, and when I went down there, they were, you know, I one afternoon I woke up hungover, they love to drink down there. Really? Yeah. It's, don't, please, don't get excited about no, it. I, I didn't, I didn't do Zealand it. I didn't do anything. My dad lived there for yeah. a long time. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah, we got a lot of people over in New Zealand, on South Island. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Never been in South Island? Yep, Nelson, New Zealand, man. Really? So Auckland and Gisborne. That's oh, one shit. Of so you're there from the capital, Auckland, right? Is that the capital, Auckland? Something like that. It's big, that's the big city. Yeah, I want to see like Wellington's though. Oh, Wellington. Okay. <laughs> God, I don't know. Um, God, what was that going on about? 
I feel like we've been like nonstop talking for 30 minutes. We probably have. <laughs> I man. need like a, yeah, a little man. mental break. But that's dope, bro. Um, well, shit, I'll, I'll talk a little bit and tell you about uh, what I'm envisioning, man. What can we, we doing? Can we take a smoke break real quick? Fuck yeah, bro. So I can smoke a real yeah. cigarette. I'm going to smoke my black too. Talk Radio Family One City Music and Art Festival is now on sale. Get your tickets at onecity2018.eventbrite.com. We do this for the Dallas Fort Worth dance music community. Four stages, two days, September 15th and 16th at the Parker's Plantation and Event Center in Denton, Texas. One City Music and Art Festival 2018 a celebration of Dallas-Fort Worth electronic dance music.